0: Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Who's in the mood for the God of miracles today? I thought so. I thought so. I woke up this morning and I just had this peace, like a spirit of faith. That manifestation of miracles is here for us today. And don't wait for me to finish. God's already beginning miracles. There's a miracle momentum in the house. Miracles are not disconnected to God. He's the God of miracles. I actually don't believe in miracles. I believe in the God of miracles. who's yesterday, today, and forever the same. So miracles are in momentum, miracles are activated already, they're accessible easily, they're in the room right now. Why don't you just lift your hands and say, Lord, I just take, my name's Jimmy, I'll take what you give me, Lord. Everything that is available in Christ Jesus is accessible right now by my faith in Jesus' name. I'm not relying on Rob, I'm relying on you, Jesus, I'm relying on the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now think in your mind what you need a miracle for. A miracle is an instant manifestation, and so sometimes you can have a process, and progressive miracle, but most times it's an instant, complete manifestation. So just think in your head right now, let heaven know, what do you need a miracle for? Something in your marriage? Something in your finance? Something in your physical body? What is it you need? Something. For your children, some kind of breakthrough, some kind of release. Something that God is saying, you don't have to live with that pain. You don't have to live with that dysfunction. You don't have to live with that agitation or torment or oppression or trauma. You don't have to because I have redeemed you from the curse of the law at the cross. I have given you the blessing that belongs to Abraham. It belongs to you as the seed of Abraham. So you don't have to live that. You don't have to learn to manage that pain. You don't have to push it down, hard it, and and, and and suppress it in your emotions. Let it come out. The anointing opens prison doors. The anointing sets at liberty them that are bruised. The anointing brings hope to the poor. The anointing brings jubilee. The anointing gives us beauty instead of ashes. The anointing removes despair and gives us the oil of gladness. The anointing is to lift burdens and break yokes of bondage so every day we can lift our hands into the realm of the supernatural and rely on the power and presence of a living God. Come on, say amen. And it is so simple. I love the fact that Hebrews eleven six 6 says, he that comes to God or she that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him for without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now that sums up the new covenant. Without faith, It is impossible to please God. Now, people don't like the word impossible, but I like the word impossible there because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the only way we please God is by faith. We live by faith. We walk by faith. The just shall live by faith. Now, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with faith, you please God all the time. No, you're not, please go back to the youth group, please. Come on, come on, just give me some feedback there. Listen, don't listen so well that you fall asleep, okay? Just, just shout and scream yeah. okay? Just pretend you're young again. Come on, you said, what, well, Rob, I, I want, I want, that's it, there we go. It's not, it's not been rude, I'll be happy to stop while you shout. Because this is family here, it's participation. It, when people go, well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm analyzing. No, that's a problem, don't think, just receive, just receive. Don't, if you, if you, let your reason rest in revelation. Wow. Because faith isn't from the reasoning of the mind. And that's important to have a mind that reasons well and can reason with the scripture. And all of that's important. But faith is not from your head. It comes from your spirit. Man believes with the heart. That's how you get saved. We believe with the heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. We don't believe with our heads. Your head can't believe. It's not because what we believe is irrational and against science. No, God created science. It's not that we can't believe with your head because head knowledge is just too scientific and practical and God's not real. No, because your head cannot plumb or transcend into the realms of who God is. He is way beyond your capacity to reason with your mind. God is almighty God. And if you could work God out with your brain, he wouldn't be God, you would be God. Come on, say amen. amen. So you can encounter God. He that comes to God must believe that he is. He said, a whole lot of people say, give me science, prove God to me. I can give you science. I can talk about macroevolution versus microevolution. We can do all the mechanics and all the stuff on that. But at the end of the day, I preached all that stuff up in Adelaide many years ago. And the uh, vice chancellor of the Adelaide University came to me and said, that was brilliant. You gave me such intellectual evidence to show creation is God. Genesis is real. He said, I've never heard such incredible stuff. I mean, I did like a doctorate almost on proof. Proving macroevolution is unscientific and creation is scientific. I did the most amazing job on that. And he, and, and he was quite an elderly man. And I said to him, well, do you believe? Will you receive Jesus now? He said, no. You see, I, He said, I had a friend. I was in the war. And I had a friend who was killed by the Japanese. And I can't believe there could be a God that would allow that. So <laughs> And off he went. One week later, he was dead. So, you see, you can reason and bring science and intellectual stuff, but people cannot connect with God because he that comes to God must believe that He is. And that's the starting place. If you step out in faith and believe that there is a God that's a good God, you can step into the realm of where all things are possible. He that comes to God must believe that He is. See, some people go, I'm going to wait till I can reason out God in my mind. Then I'll come to him. No, he that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. See, people are trying to please God by their good works. Good works don't please God. Good works without faith are dead works. Living works are works done through the obedience of faith. I didn't, go to, to, I didn't leave South Africa, come to Australia based on was trying to do good works. Faith in my spirit told me that I need to go to Australia. Terrified me, but I came and it was good. Yeah. And now I'm an Aussie citizen. I'm an Afro-Aussie Asian. Okay. <laughs> I'm a schizophrenic nationally. But I came because of faith. Anything you do without faith doesn't please God. You can lay your life down. You can give a trillion dollars. If you're not doing with faith, it doesn't please God. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. And he that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. For without faith. It is impossible to please God. See, we can please that God has justified us at the cross. We can believe that God's justified us at the cross. You know how much that pleases Him? That we're not earning and sweating to try and make Him happy by our good works. We just believe that at the cross, Christ Jesus... Not only became our crimes, not only became our sin, not only took our sin away, not only was the punishment on Him for our peace, so He became us, so He stood before the Father as us, so we can stand before the Father as Him. That the Word was made flesh, so we the flesh can be made the Word. He became our crimes, He became our sin, and heaven's high court of integrity and holiness and justice was satisfied. That he took all our sin away, all our crimes away. But even better than that, all of his obedience and perfection and faithfulness was transferred and credited to us. So now, now that's not going to help you unless you believe that. See, when you believe that, you get born again. That's you cannot be born again unless you believe that. That's the gospel. If you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes, and with the mouth confession is made unto righteousness. It did not say confession is made of your sins. It said confession is made unto righteousness because you believe in your heart what happened on the cross declared you righteous, not temporarily, but for all time and eternity. It's not like you left the court case with the people saying, okay, we know they're guilty, uh, but we dropped the charges. So they're a forgiven, stigmatized sinner that leaves the court case for the rest of their life knowing, I'm just a forgiven sinner that everyone knows. No, you're actually declared innocent. You're declared righteous. You're justified just as if you never sinned and just as if you always acted obediently because you got Jesus' obedience credited to you. Now, when you believe that, you get saved. That's how you get saved. Don't get saved by any hard work. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if you've got faith, you're going to have acts of obedience as the fruit of your faith. Amen. No one's going to manipulate you to do anything out of guilt or shame or condemnation. Because you're going to do it because faith is operating in your heart. Amen. Are you guys still with me? So what is faith? Because the whole of the new covenant is based on faith. What does the Holy Spirit convict the world of? Sin of unbelief in Jesus. The Holy Spirit's not convicting the world of all their sins. The law of Moses does that, makes people conscious of their sin. Holy Spirit only convicts of one sin, your unbelief, the sin of unbelief in Jesus. The Bible says in the New Testament, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So you go, all these people are legalistic, trying to have their righteousness by their performance, and they're sinning because they don't have faith. Because Galatians 3.12 says the law is not based on faith. Wow, what about that? Look at it sometime, Galatians 3.12. The law is not based on faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. The religious law of Moses is not based on faith. It's based on something by which it's impossible to please God. The biggest, best law keepers of Moses who don't have faith, are sinners and lost in the eyes of God. But here comes some Aussie just walking in. I believe, I believe you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And it doesn't say if you confess all your sins, you'll get saved. Because if we got saved by confessing all our sins, none of us could get saved because none of us would remember all our sins. It doesn't say confess your sins to get saved. That's Old Covenant. It said if you confess that Jesus is Lord and that you believe in your heart, heart, say heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You conf- for you for with the heart man or woman believes, and with the mouth confession is made unto righteousness. I believe by Christ I am the righteousness of God, and I agree with my mouth. Amen. And I can repent of my sins of my past life, but I get saved by faith. Now, that's the entrance into the kingdom. By grace you've been saved through faith, not of your own works, so no one can boast. That's just the beginning, as you heard today from Jay. Now, what about seeing people raised from the dead? What about people getting out of wheelchairs? What about blind eyes opening? What about deaf ears opening? What about miracles happening in your life, through your life, because you have faith? What is faith? Faith is the substance. Let's just go. We go to Hebrews eleven verse six. Let's go to Hebrews 11, 1. Hebrews eleven six. It's without faith It's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11, 1 says, "Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen." I just love it. Faith. Faith has a substance. Faith isn't a fantasy. You know, like a dream and a hope. That's a fantasy. It's wishful thinking. It's just fantasy. But faith is not fantasy. Faith is a substance of things. There are things you need in your life right now. Well, faith is a substance of those things. Faith has substance to it. If you just have hope, you've just got an empty dream. But when you got faith, you got substance for your hope. You got substance for your marriage. You got substance for your children. You got substance to live to a good old age full of health. You've got substance for the blessing of God. Faith is the substance of things yeah. hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. See, if you can't see your healing, if you can't see the breakthrough, then you've got a substance in your spirit that is the evidence to your spirit that that thing exists, and it's for you. Yeah. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. When you can see it, I pray for this pulpit, and, one, and it's not there, but i got evidence. I've got substance for my hope, for this pulpit. I've got evidence in my spirit for this pulpit. When it appears, I don't need faith anymore, because now faith is only the evidence of things not seen. As soon as I can see something, I don't need faith anymore. So so the Christian life is not being moved by what you see with your natural eyes. It's living in the natural realm, always conscious of an invisible realm that's superior, and drawing substance from that invisible realm. It's not metaphysics or mind over matter. It's nonsense. This is substance. This is a whole world that exists, that is, that is invinci- invincible and invisible to our natural eyes. But this earth that we can see with our natural eyes was created in the image and likeness of heaven. And this is a corrupted planet for it fell in first Adam, but it's been restored in last Adam, Jesus. So the people of God, the people in Australia, the believers in Christ in this city and across the state, we need to be people that walk by faith, not by sight. For the things that we see, Paul says, they are subject to change. They are temporary, but the eternal things are eternal. They're permanent. They're unchangeable. And the Bible says in Hebrews 6 that Jesus has gone through the curtain into that realm as our great high priest, as an anchor for our soul. So your emotions and psychology is supernaturally anchored into a very tangible real world called heaven. And you're anchored upward, not anchored downwards like a ship is. So when the waves get too big, the anchor downward will pull you under the waves. But you anchor anchored upward so no waves can touch your lives and destroy your lives because you're anchored in the immutable substance of eternity. So in a changing, tr- transient, fickle world, you are anchored in the invisible world that keeps your soul secure in the invincible realm. And Australians are wanting this. I'm convinced that most Australians, if they really heard the, the real gospel, they would believe it today. I do believe that. Come on, give the Lord a shot. I believe that. I believe it's Australia's time. So, Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. It says, stop worrying about the condemnation of the law. Hebrews 11 is all about faith. Everyone there is about faith. Yet to Hebrews 12, it says, come on, throw off the sin of unbelief. Throw off that sin of unbelief and the burdens that weigh you down and run your race that's marked out for you with patience, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. When you look at Jesus, when you see what he did at the cross, faith is easy. And then you just go to the next chapter, Hebrews 13, verse 8, and it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, if he's not doing today what he did 2,000 years ago, then he's changed. He's a different Jesus then. But Jesus, his own testimony as he ascended on high, I believe it was Moses and Elijah, you might think it was angels, doesn't matter, but they said, the self-same Jesus you see shall return, the self-same Jesus, in the same way. So Jesus is doing the miracles today that he did 2000 years ago and he's even doing greater works. Everything Jesus does has do, did in the four gospels has been done in our generation. People have walked on water. Food has been multiplied. Healings, Glenda and I have seen every category of healing Jesus did. We've seen total blind eyes open, total deaf ears open, total cripples with legs like sacks who'd been in wheelchairs for years on several occasions and different nations get up and walk. We've seen every category. We've seen cancers go and we've also seen people die and we prayed for them and they didn't get healed. And we don't blame them. We've got to learn how to do it better. Amen. There's no condemnation for people that don't get healed. There's no condemnation on us to try to feel every time we step out, we've got to prove ourselves. We don't have to prove ourselves, friends. Jesus said this in Chronicles, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, looking, seeking for those whose hearts are perfectly devoted towards Him, that He may prove Himself strong on their behalf. Which way would you like to live? Trying to prove yourself strong to God, or God trying to prove Himself strong for you? And all you have to do is not be perfect. All you have to do is a heart that's undivided in your love for Him. Amen. That's all you have to have. And God's going to prove Himself strong and you'll be whole So we just, we just go for it. So let me give you the very, very quick story that you all know so well, but I believe is going to help you. And I can do it in a few minutes. Just lift your hands a little bit there and just say, Oh, Lord, just help me out. I believe in miracles. I want you to, to pull on the presence of God in this room right now, and, and get a witness in your spirit that you've got that breakthrough in the next 5, 10, 15 minutes. Just pull on that. Take your eyes off Rob Rufus, put your eyes on him, look to Jesus, and expect, I feel like the Lord's saying, effortless miracles. I feel like there's a gift of faith operating in this room, not just in me, in all of us. Yeah. Things that you thought you are never going to get today. Believe, you can have it. Faith pleases God. Amen. Say, I agree now, it's done. What does faith say? Faith says, I got it now before I see it. Faith's the evidence of what I don't see. And it's the substance of what I'm hoping for. Come on. Believe that right now. See, there's faith, there's a spirit of faith in this room. All right. All right. This is how faith operates. It's the way you think. It's, if, if the Bible says that, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, which means don't be conformed to the corrupted wisdom of this age. This is a fallen age that is antichrist, It has unbelief in God and believes God's a bad God. So do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you're able to prove what is the pleasing, acceptable, and good will of God. So there we go. God can prove through us... Once our minds shift away from the gravitational pull of the corrupted thinking of this fallen age that's in first Adam, and we start thinking according to the goodness of the nature of God. Because let me ask you this again: what was Adam's sin that plunged the entire world into spiritual death and corruption and affected the DNA of the of the of the of, the, of, of, of creation that the creation we look at now is beautiful, but it's been corrupted, and the DNA and the fabric of the original creation has been made. Dysfunctional by the powerful fall of two human beings. That's how powerful human beings they were authorized by God to have dominion on this planet, and they disobeyed God. What was their sin? Did Adam commit adultery? No, there was no other woman there, his options. There was a pornography, there wasn't any pornography there. Did he rob a bank? There were no banks there. What was Adam's sin? Clearly, his sin was unbelief. In the goodness of God. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, as medical science improves, praise God, may it get better and better and better right across Australia. But what happens is people, when you start seeing other things as a substitute for God, they they supplements. They're not substitutes. And as nations in the Western world, lose a living, vital faith connection with a living God, more and more people are on anti-depression drugs. There's no condemnation for that. But the stats just keep going up and up. Mental diseases keep going up and up. That wasn't there when a people and a society had living faith in a supernatural God. Nothing wrong with taking medicine at all. We can use that. It's a supplement. It's not the substitute for God. As countries get more and more civilized, and human rights become more and more emphasized, they go more and more into an atheistic, socialistic way of thinking, where they rely on big government to fix everything, but big government cannot. And society becomes more and more confused. And Australia is crying out for robust, strong churches of faith with men and women that are passionate, whether they're five years old or 95 years of age, because we are called to be bold, lion-like, confident people, authorized by the highest government in the universe. We are ambassadors of the highest government in the universe, heaven, where we are anchored in Christ Jesus, who is yesterday, today, and forever the same. Someone sitting out today, you say, I've never seen a miracle. Today, you will. If you have to see to believe, well, then Thomas, welcome. But blessed are those who have not seen but believe. So he the little lady, see, this is where we change our thinking. We change our thinking about the goodness of God and how great he is and how wonderful the new covenant is. The church doesn't have a faith problem. We have a thinking problem because our thoughts do not come from our faith. Faith comes from the right thoughts about God thoughts about God, the renewing of your thinking. The right thoughts about God produces the right faith, and the right faith produces the right convictions, and the right convictions produce the right attitudes, and the right attitudes produce the right perceptions, and the right perceptions produce the right behavior. Any religion that starts with behavior change is silly, because it's a process that starts with the right thinking. That will produce living faith that can connect with a living God. Amen. So here's, here's the story. Now it's only starting now, okay? eleven sixteen. 16. little lady, Mark chapter 5, she had an issue of blood, a big flow of blood for 12 years. She was basically slowly dying. And the Bible said that she spent all her money on doctors and suffered at the hands of Of many doctors, I thank God for doctors. Some of my closest friends in my church are top surgeons in Hong Kong. I thank God for doctors. Say amen. Amen. But doctors are not a substitute for the healing God. They are supplement, not a substitute. If the church walked in the fullness of the new covenant, psychiatrists would go bankrupt and many hospitals and chemists would lose their jobs. It's the truth. Lawyers would lose their jobs on the issue of divorce. If the church walked in the health of our covenant, Australians would be so attracted like like bees to honey. You don't need evangelism events and plans. The early church was so full of the glory and the power and the presence of God. And they broke bread from house to house with glad and sincere hearts, enjoying the favor of all the people. And heathens and pagans were attracted to the beauty of community and the love amongst the people of God and the power of miracles in their midst. Amen. I can tell you, this is, this today to be at Bayside Church for Glenda and I is such an honor it's it's difficult for me to define or describe that, because we have seen your advance in the supernatural. We can feel the momentum in this house. I literally, when we walked in those doors, I felt an energy and excitement in this house that is quite rare in many churches. You've got something going here on Bayside that is phenomenal. We met with your leader group on Wednesday. We prophesied over everyone. They prophesied over us. But I tell you, I, I felt like God's saying, God has chosen What some would think is an obscure place called Victor Harbor. But I believe he's chosen this place to to anchor his lightning bolts, for his lightning to hit with glory and supernatural power. You're not called to be an ordinary church. You don't have ordinary leaders. They are super extraordinary. You are super extraordinary congregation. I can feel you. I am a feeler. I feel everything happening in the room. Sometimes I wish I couldn't. I can't live in high-rise buildings because I can feel what's going on above me and below me. I can go into a restaurant and I get disturbed because I can feel suicide in someone across. I'm a feeler. And what I have felt in this room is very glorious, very powerful, very powerful. So that's why I'm stirring you to have faith because Jay said, man, the best you've seen, the best we've seen is just the beginning. There's much more to come. And she suffered at the hands of many doctors spent all that she had. But instead of growing better, the Bible says she grew worse. So now she's sick. And now she's got no money left. And it says she heard about Jesus. Faith comes by hearing. Because faith comes from hearing about who Jesus is. And your thinking changes. And as your thinking changes, faith rises in your spirit. As a substance. And she heard about Jesus. Doesn't say what we, she heard, but we can... We can have sanctified speculation here because we know about the four gospels. And by what she did, I, as a prosecuting lawyer, analyzing her case, want to boldly say she would have heard that this Jesus is different to all other kinds of rabbis. He's not just talking words from the Torah. He is manifesting living power of miracles. She would have heard the people that he's healing are people that religion has kicked out. He was was healing the unclean. He was healing the prostitutes. He was healing the lepers. He was healing the very people like Luke 13, the woman who had been bowed down for 18 years. 18 years bowed down, it says, by a spirit, demonic spirit. And he said, daughter, your faith. He said, daughter, you are released. And laid his hands on her, and she stood up straight, and the synagogue r- ruler said, "Hey, there are seven days to be healed. Don't do it on the Sabbath." <laughs> and Jesus, oh, I love Jesus. He just stood there. Oh, we need more Jesuses. Jesus-like people in Australia, they stand against this atheistic, socialistic spirit, the spirit of depression, the spirit of entitlement, the spirit of self-pity, the spirit of blame projection. The spirit of a victim mindset. We need more Jesus like women and men to stand up and say to that synagogue ruler with his arrogant voice against the supernatural. 18 years. He had 18 years to heal her and he didn't try once. And Jesus heals on the Sabbath and he says, you shouldn't be doing this. And Jesus rebukes him and says, you'd lift your oxen out of a hole on a Sabbath how much more this being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, be healed on the Sabbath from what Satan has bound her in? And it says the crowd were really happy with Jesus, but the synagogue rulers wanted to kill him because Jesus was not good for the religious business. Because the Sadducees didn't believe in the supernatural, that's why they were Sadducees. And the Sadducees were being paid by Rome, the Sadducees were being paid by Rome to be anti-the supernatural and keep Israel controlled under the foot of Rome. And Jesus was raising the dead, contradicting the Sadducees' anti-resurrection belief systems. He came in as a disruptor. Uh, This idea that Jesus is this sweet little man riding side saddle on a donkey is just so ridiculous. We have so diminished the person, the humanity of Jesus, who was fully God yet fully man. And I've got to say this, Chad. He walked into the temple with a whip and cracked it, Shoo, wah, kicked over tables, and said, My father's house will not be like this. That's my Jesus. I don't know which Jesus you got, but I think he's the same one. Can you say amen? amen. Jesus spoke boldly against the spirit of unbelief. There's unbelief that's trying to come into every nation on the planet now. Is unbelief in a living, powerful, living God that's been supplemented by religion and modern science. They cannot replace the desperate need of Australians to meet face-to-face with the most beautiful God, the beauty of His holiness, the loveliness of His kindness, the mercy of our Father. Australia deserves to meet this God. Not because of what we've done, but because of what He is. He loves Australia. I've been out of this country for 40 and a half years now. And and I see this church is advancing and other churches are advancing. And see that youth group, they're advancing. But I also see some areas where it's regressing and secularizing, and that breaks my heart, because the church full of God, God doesn't just do miracles, He is the miracle worker, He doesn't just deliver people, He is the deliverer, we want God in the church, not miracles or deliverance, God, because when God comes, miracles and deliverance happens, and what happens in the house overflows into the nation. And you have, in this church, the most incredible opportunity you've assembled as a group of people now with a very clearly defined culture of freedom and kindness and goodness and brotherhood and sisterhood and unity and loving each other. You have a culture of miracles in this house already. You, have, you are so positioned here in Bayside to affect Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, Adelaide, you, you have the potential to make the greatest tourist attraction in Victor Harbor the presence and power of a living God. That's what you have. That's why God located you in this bayside, what someone would say is the backside of Australia. But that's where Moses had his encounter with God that changed and liberated an entire nation. I really believe that all the years that I've watched Chad working through the perplexities of, you know, with the gift on him and Jay, why are we here? And yet loving the people here and standing and praying and the witchcraft and the intimidation in this city. The, the bogan attitude that don't tell me what to do and that rebellious witchcraft spirit that is influenced. Listen, if you're gonna change base, I don't let the spirit, sorry, if you're gonna change Victor Harbor, don't let the spirit of Victor Harbor come on you. I can't let the Spirit in Hong Kong come on me because I went to Hong Kong to change Hong Kong. We are disruptors. People are on a course to eternal judgment and everyone's saying everyone's going to heaven. They're not. They're going to get lost for all eternity. What you're doing here, what you're positioned for, what you're line for right now is Phenomenal. And all you have to do is just, everyone in the house, just lift your passion, lift your hope, be bold. I talked to the leaders about how to deal with difficulties and hardships and endure and persevere through difficulties, put off childish thinking, put on adult thinking. God didn't send the sickness against you. God didn't cause the divorce. God didn't send that people to betray you. God didn't destroy your company, but God knew it was coming to your life and He began to prepare you so that in difficulties you can say, Father, I worship you and I'm grateful because no poisonous seeds can grow in a grateful heart. And as you worship God, every poisonous seed dies and every seed of greatness is germinated on the inside of you. And say, Lord, in this difficulty, I worship you not for the difficulty you did not cause it, but in this difficulty, I worship you because it's taught me to rely more on you and not to live on the supplements this world is so ready to give me. And I make you the main source. And in the time of rejection, it forced me into understanding your grace better so my identity is not connected to codependency on other people's approval. But I can stand in rejection, in difficulties, and hardships because I'm fighting for something of eternal value. And if you do not fight for something of eternal value, you'll fight for things that have no value. The kingdom of nothingness. Bored survivors in the kingdom of nothingness could describe many Australians. Don't know why they're here. Have been disappointed by religion. Disappointed by sex scandals. But friends, what is the real church? All that stuff is a paraphernalia. It's not the church. This is a church. Living stones. Hearing the strange accent but Listening. I love you deeply. We love Chad and Jay, Glenn and I. We love this house. To come here and see your maturity and your growth, it's like God. God alone knows the price some people have had to pay to get you. The disappointments you had to turn into divine appointments. The setbacks that become stepping stones to success. The God of convergence that turns all things together for the good. Oh. That what the enemy meant for evil, God meant it for your good. Yeah, yeah. If, there was, if there wasn't a core holding on to heaven like that, this thing would have been pushed off the map. Gone. Churches come and go in the city. Churches rise up in the first sign of revival. They get smacked by the Spirit over the city. And the pastors have a burnout and everyone runs. And the sheep are scattered. This church, the devil's thrown everything he knows. He's got no missiles left. He's used the best. Now, he'll still try and throw some of those same old missiles, but you're becoming veterans, and you're becoming seasoned special forces. Special force training isn't to make you fit. It's to break the pride and the independence out of you. I went through nine months of special force training. I thought I was going to die before I got to the real battle. And I, was, I went in at 18 years of age, fit, Now, I I thought they were trying to kill us. I thought they were trying to make us fit. So if you had had four of us and one pole, and our instructors saw one of us not pushing equal value into that upward pole, they'd say, okay, okay, you got it. Put that down, now." Everyone that took us in Afrikaans. Put that down now. And now I want the one that wasn't pushing up, you. You weren't pushing as hard as the others. I want you, lazy bum. You sit on the pole, and now three must carry you and the pole. What's it trying to do? You work with your mates. When they say, See that tree? Are you back yet? What they mean is, so you run off there, so me fit, I'll run, I'll run, I'll beat them all, I'll come running back way ahead of the pack and think, yeah, instructors are going to really promote me. They say, you, you run back there on your own, and you come back. They're going to sit under the shade, and you run with your rifle above your head there and come back. I think, why am I being punished? Because what they want is they don't want you to show off. You run with your mates and when they fall, you pick them up. That's what special force training is, is that you cut down the angles of being killed in battle because the soldiers to the left and right of you have got you. And they're thinking about you. And when people leave special forces and they are wounded in battle and they go back to Australia and they sit down in Australia and and all they're thinking about is getting back to the battlefield. And you say, well, why do you want to go back to the battlefield? Oh, you're a war monger. They say, I don't like war. But I miss my brothers because the bonding and the fire of war connects people so deeply. And I tell you that the assignment you have in Victor Harbor is something worth fighting for because it has eternal value. And if soldiers can feel that kind of bonding for something that's a temporary fight of temporary value, how much more we who are fighting for something of eternal value in Bayside, the bonding, the connection. You don't sleep on God's duty in the military. Your friends could die. You think about them. Amen. Amen. That's why God's put you through stuff. Not to make you weaker, but to make you stronger. To challenge your capacity, to challenge your credibility, that you connect deeper and richer. And love each other more and more, and forgive each other, and encourage each other more and more and more. Because what you're fighting for will go on for all eternity, ever, ever, age without end. Everything you do with faith before a living God is getting producing stuff for eternity. And you arrive there with so many rewards. You go, way, hey, Where did all this come from? Because daily you just walk by faith and chose to lift your hands in difficult times and let the Poisonous seeds die in your grateful heart and worship God in the times of hardship, saying, I worship you, God, because you're bigger than these problems and I'm coming through onto the other side. Come on, give the Lord a shout. I like watching a footy and I played rugby and all of those things and I loved sport. But compared to the physical, spiritual, emotional, psychological need to be a kingdom man and woman, all that other stuff fades. It's nice. It's a little, little supplement. It's not to be the substitute for our happiness. Can you say amen? So as you heard about a Jesus that was healing people that didn't deserve it. My, I don't think I should carry on speaking on that. I feel like this last 10 minutes is, is what God's saying. He's ready to heal people anyway. Amen. How many could say amen to that? It's a great sermon, but I just feel like the Spirit of God says, stop right there. That's it, man. That's it. Said the main things. Faith produces a people of perseverance and endurance. You don't fall into the sin of first Adam, unbelief in the goodness of God. Satan created a credibility gap between what God had said And he tried to make Adam and Eve think that God was not good. And that God was actually holding out favor and blessing from them. He was being mean to them and stingy to them. And once you believe that propaganda of the devil, faith cannot work. It's just unbelief works. And when unbelief works, we attract the spirit of this age. And the spirit of this age makes us dysfunctional, distorts us, and fragments us. But when we walk in faith, we attract a living God. And there's anointing on our shoulders. It's like the dew of heaven. And it brings a government of peace in the most traumatic times. And in those times, the miracles happen. It's wonderful to see people get out of wheelchairs and blind eyes open and all these miracles. But it's also sad to watch them continue living for the rest of their life self-centered, obsessive, narcissistic thinking. Me, 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 me. We're crucified to the me, me life. We're crucified to any me movements. No more me movements. Christ is the center of our universe, and he's good to men and to women. Let's not get into the political correct trap and get caught up in that whole nonsense. Let's offer Australia a different community, a different society, special force, men and women, who are normal, but they've got an awesome God in their midst. We don't run ahead of others to impress them. Even if we can run faster than them, we stay with them because where they weak, we can carry them. And where we weak, someone else will carry us. When I, when I could have been a chaplain sitting 100 miles away from the battlefront, counseling traumatized soldiers from the battle. But I said to high command, instead of wearing those colonel stuff, I want to be a troop. I want to run into the battle with soldiers. That way, I led almost my entire regiment to Christ and was given two medals in combat for the way I lifted the morale of the entire regiment. A believer in Christ. You don't need to be some chaplain sitting 100 miles from the battlefront. We need to run into battle, Bayside, with our brothers and sisters. That person on your left and right, you can't see them every day. But you just know, they're praying, they're standing, they are being responsible for the call of God together for us to see Victor Harbor produce a revival of tourism where the most attractive feature is to come here to encounter the living God. So why don't you just stand together and lift your hands, because if you don't, I'll keep preaching and that's bad. Just just have an attitude before your father. I loved it when Alex came up and said, we run into his arms. Just just have this attitude right now. My father, my father. He said, whatever I see my father doing, I do it. I do what I do, Jesus said, so that the world will know that I love the father. Father, I thank you for Bayside Church that Australia would know when they look at this church this church loves their father they do not love themselves more than you father they do not treat their own lives as central, they treat you as central and you are a father of a family and you supply the supernatural for healing, for miracles for deliverance that there is no guilt I don't care if people are on drugs or addicted to all kinds of pharmaceutical formulas. It doesn't matter. You're not guilty. It's just there's it just no help in condemnation. It's no. When we condemn, we hear things and then we get offended and we think, oh, they, they, they're judging me. No, no one's judging anybody. If we all had to stand totally transparent here. I think we'd all have to say, you know what, I'm probably a bit ashamed of this. I don't really like this in my life. But your Father's not ashamed of you, and He loves you, and He sees you as righteous and innocent in His eyes. And He's an ever-present help in a time of need. So for a moment, just don't think about the responsibility of being a disciple of Jesus, a son of God, a daughter of God. Just think in a moment about those Areas you need a miracle in that I spoke about at the beginning of the sermon. Just think about those things and now come to God believing that He is and that He is a reward of those who diligently seek Him. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. But it's easy to have faith. It's like your next breath, you don't have to think about it. It's just a consciousness of certainty that your God is good. Faith is the substance. It's a substance on on the inside of your spirit. Faith is the substance. Things hope for. It's the evidence of the things that you don't see. So you can take the things that you don't see and say, "Lord, I receive that." Those people looking for healing from sugar diabetes right now, just just lift your hands and take the substance change everything that needs to change. Don't, don't throw your medicine away. Wait till your doctor confirms it. But there are people I know are being healed of sugar diabetes right now. Some of you have changed your diet and you're doing all that. Dr. sugars is doing the right things and you're taking medication. But I can tell you right now that the word sugar diabetes is so strong. The Lord is healing you of that right now. Is anyone in that kind of anyone could say that's me. Just lift your hand and wave it at me. God bless you. I see you in those hands. God bless you, sir. Now, now just, just put your hands down and say, I receive that miracle right now. And that lady, she just touched the hem of garment and power came into her. She was made well. She felt, she felt it. And he felt the power lead him. Heaven's feeling power. You're putting a demand in a humble way on the power of God. The power of God is in this room and you're putting a demand on his power. She put a demand on the power. Hundreds of others were touching him, but they didn't put a demand on the power. They got nothing. But he wanted to heal all of them, but they didn't put a demand on the power. She put a demand on the power. And then the next chapter, everyone that touched the hem of his garment, they were all healed. So she changed the paradigm. You can change the paradigm in Victor Harbor. Lift your hands one more time again. Now, Father, everything that people had in their minds that they need, miracle and these are your sons and daughters these are my brothers and sisters I'm agreeing for Glenda now we need some miracles in our lives today I woke up today and you said this is a day for miracles every day is a day of miracles because God is the God of miracles but somehow there's an endowment and an endowment on this meeting where miracles will happen in the most spectacular way internally but in, on, on the external, one looks so sensational immediately. But some of you are going to go home and find and hear some good news within a few days. Sometimes the miracles of God are so sensational, people get thrown around the room and I love it. And you can see that happening and we've seen it many times different nations. But sometimes, nothing very sensational is happening on the outside, but something extraordinary is happening on the inside. So I clear? Total healing from sugar diabetes beans, in Jesus' name. Total breakthrough in every area where brothers and sisters have thought, Lord, I need a miracle in this area. I declare our faith, our faith connects with your supernatural favor of our Father right now, in Jesus' name. And for that person who's wondering, am I really saved? Am I really born again? Well, you heard the gospel today from different angles. All you need to do is say, Lord, I believe in my heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. And I confess that he is Lord, and I believe in my heart to receive the gift, the free gift of righteousness, that I am clean and holy forever in his eyes. Saved right now. now. There's lots of words of knowledge just flowing, but you're already reaching out heart trouble, arteries, veins, all these things thrombosis, all these things, arthritis, gastric problems. The Spirit of God's moving supernaturally on the stomach area right now. Uh, on the ovaries right now. I break cancer in the authority of Jesus' name. It's, it's not difficult. It's the chemotherapy of heaven. The Lord, the Lord said, don't try to get people healed. It'll be effortless. Just, just declare things. Cancer is going right now, shrinking up, dying from the roots easily. These radiotherapy, I mean radiation therapy in the spirit being manifested. So just if you, if you need a healing in your body, just put your hand on that area right now. Someone's left shoulder has just been loosened. Just, just move that left shoulder around. And, and, and just let me know if that's happened to you. Just move that left shoulder right now in Jesus' name. Okay, lay hands on that area. Left shoulder. Anyone get healed in the left shoulder right now? That's got his hand up there okay right put your hand on that area that you you, you need to be healed in father in the name of jesus we we stand with confidence and boldness uh, in the finished work of the cross and our faith is a substance lord that is tangible faith spirit of faith the very force of faith connects with your power and we decree and declare We rebuke every spirit of infirmity. Every spirit of sickness is illegal. It's illegitimate. We come before the courts of heaven to the judge of all men and to the the angelic beings that are there in joyful assembly. To the church of the firstborn, the ecclesia, the government of God, the family in heaven, and the spirits of just men and women made perfect, the great cloud of witnesses, and the judge of all men, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. We've come before the courts of heaven, and we call out, O God, that you would bring justice against our adversary, that you would give us the justice of the finished work of the cross, But you would judge the devil and adversary through the victory of the finished work of the cross and cause adversaries to pay for their crimes, for the demonic, the principalities and powers and demon authorities and dominions that are illegal, have lost the authority to accuse the church through the cross. We bring the legal authority of heaven to bring judgment against the crimes that have come against the people of God. In this city of Victor Harbor, We call on the courts of heaven to bring the justice of heaven against our enemies and avenge us, Lord, for what they've done to us with witchcraft and spirits of sickness and disease and depression. We break sickness off bodies now. We break sickness off minds. We declare every spirit of infirmity, take your hands off God's people, for they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and all your accusations are an accusation against the blood for they're clean in the blood your accusations against the people reminding them of their past sins is an accusation against the integrity of God and the high courts of heaven. And your accusations are now judged by heaven and by the high courts of heaven. And we decree something's breaking in the spiritual, breaking over shoulders, breaking over minds, breaking over emotions, breaking over physical bodies. Weights have been dissipated, weights have been evaporated. Anointing is a breakthrough power. Manifesting right now in this house. Something is shifting right now. Step out and do something you couldn't do before. Move something, feel something, check something out because God is moving right now in the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.